KUAF is supported by its contributing listeners and by the Arkansas Podcast Collaborative, presenting ARCAST Podcast Festival September 20th and 21st, where guests can hear from Arkansas podcasters as well as national experts, including the School of Podcasting and PRX, producers of shows like This American Life, Snap Judgment, and Reveal. More at ArkansasPodcasters.org. This is your public radio station, KUAF, and this is Ozarks at Large for Thursday, August 10th, 2023. I'm Kyle Kellams. And I'm Timothy Dennis. Ahead this hour, former Arkansas Governor Asa Hutchinson continues to seek the Republican Party nomination for president. He still hasn't qualified for the first party debate, which is scheduled for later this month. We hear him talk with Roby Brock from our partner Talk Business and Politics about the campaign and how he plans to get on the debate stage. That's coming up in about 15 minutes. First today, 10 black women business owners will graduate from the 2023 Women's Economic Mobility Hub in October. Grantees in the cohort receive $5,000 and attend a six-month training program. Two of the cohort's grantees are based in northwest Arkansas, and Ozarks at Large's Anna Pope met with one of them earlier this week. Tina Gilbert's mother owned her own daycare. When she was not in school over the summers, Gilbert worked at the business and saved her money to buy school supplies. In fact, she comes from a line of business-minded people. Gilbert says her grandfather was an entrepreneur in a time when it was not popular. And although her father had a career, he also had a side business. So I came from a family that worked hard, so the hard work wasn't really, I guess, the big issue. It, it was a little bit of like, ah, is this going to really work? Gilbert is the founder and CEO of the consulting business Next Level Training Solutions Group and is a member of the Arkansas Women's Foundation's 2023 Women's Economic Mobility, or WIM, hub cohort. Before Gilbert started her business, she had a career in human resources, then someone asked her to do some training and development from an HR perspective on her own time. This led to a side business. And the reason was I had some different things that was going on personally, and then I thought, well, I'll do some consulting and then go back to the workforce. But I haven't been back. It's been three years, so I love it. For Gilbert, no two days look alike. She works from home and other spaces in Bentonville and Fayetteville, like Startup Junkie, where she started her day on Monday. From meetings and coaching sessions to managing calendars, sending invoices and proposals, she says it can be more than a full-time job. But I will definitely say you work extremely hard. And some days, you know how you can say, I have a hard stop, I need to save five o'clock. And really with entrepreneurs, I don't really think you can ever completely have a hard stop. A 2018 research report from the foundation found of all Black-owned businesses in the state, Black women own 60% of those businesses. In the same study, it showed the higher number of women-owned businesses are in the poorest counties. After the research was published, the foundation's WIM Hub began. The goal of the program is to learn about the needs of Black women entrepreneurs and connect them to resources. Every year, the cohort has about 10 to 15 participants, and Kristen Smith, the communications and program specialist at the Arkansas Women's Foundation, says the foundation receives an average of 90 applications per cycle. She says the foundation's main goals for the hub is longevity in the program and encouraging women to build lasting businesses. 
So it's always very encouraging to see more and more women applying. And of course, as people see the work that we're doing, if they want to, you know, help to fund these programs, then it would be wonderful to be able to allow more women into the cohort, right? So that there's just that additional reach and make sure that we're getting in all of the nooks and crannies of the state and making sure that those entrepreneurs know that we see them as well. Entrepreneurs in the program receive $5,000 in grant funds for their business. Smith says some of the women are able to make immediate improvements to their business. Like, so for this current cohort, I know that someone used part of the funds, the initial funds they got at the top of the program to buy another KitchenAid mixer so that she could increase her output for her bakery business. Businesses in the 2023 cohort are from across the state, anywhere from Camden to West Memphis. The businesses they represent include a salon, accounting services, education center, diabetes center, and bakery. And we give them the tools that they need to run their business to make sure that, you know, financially they are taking, they're handling their books correctly, that they are doing what they need to do on the marketing side. When we strengthen their business, that is strengthening their stance in the community that they know and love. The hub is meant to provide training opportunities and build a community of entrepreneurs in the current cohort and past members. This is motivational for Gilbert, who says being in the program is like an investment, and she wants to make a good return on that investment. So it is empowering. I think it's energizing. And I think it's also a little comforting because of being able to relate and then also being able to relate to, you know, women that even look like you and that's trying to move forward. For Ozarks at Large and the Bruce and Ann Applegate News Studio One, I'm Anna Pope. Circles NWA, a poverty initiative presenting a cohort each year, will host the first of two information sessions about recruitment of allies Wednesday, August 16th. Their next program will begin this autumn and registration ends September 6th. The information session will be available via Zoom. For more information, you can visit circlesnwa.org. And the Center for Innovation at Fayetteville Public Library has a number of programs suitable for patrons as young as 13 years old. Coming up August 17th, there will be a free fabrication and robotics lab. Participants will learn to use the laser cutter and engravers. Topics will include safe operations, focusing the laser for proper cuts and engravings, use of ventilation, and tips for formatting files for better results on the lasers. Registration is required. FAYLIB.org for more information. To me, a leader is someone who influences others. That can be in any capacity. And I never associate leadership with title. To me, a leader is someone who coaches, guides, inspires, listens to, and empowers others to work toward a shared or individual goal. What a leader is to me is a learner. I think a leader should always be in a state of trying to learn more. A leader can be a CEO of a company, a student in an MBA program, or a stay-at-home mom. Anyone can be a leader. But I've decided to focus on Latinas in leadership in Northwest Arkansas for this podcast. Throughout this five-part series, you'll hear personal stories from Latinas impacting and leading their community. As Latinas, we may all come from the same community, but our stories and the way to leadership are vastly different. 
My name is Wendy Echeverria, and this is Inspirando el Futuro, Stories about Latina Leaders in Northwest Arkansas, coming out on KUAF or where you listen to podcasts. Later this hour, the Bentonville Public Library is working on expansion this summer, and that expansion should be ready for patrons next summer. A more spacious, welcoming um, environment for the children and families and teenagers. That whole area is getting built with the addition. We're also building a larger community room, um, and we're expanding the veranda out front, as well as some nice little pocket areas outside that people can sit and enjoy as well. The Benville Public Library expands. That's explained later this hour of Ozarks at Large. Yuko Munakata and her husband were flying to Stockholm when they hit turbulence. Just felt like the plane was falling apart. Weeks later, the airline let them know the plane was never in real danger. He came away feeling like planes are incredibly safe. But even just talking about it now, my palms are sweaty. Cuts both ways. That's next time on the TED Radio Hour from NPR. It's Head Radio Hour, Sunday afternoon at 1 o'clock on 91.3 FM KUAF, or you can tell your smart speaker to play KUAF. Arkansas's Secretary of State says he'll run for the state treasurer position next year. John Thurston announced yesterday he would seek the office. Former state treasurer Mark Lowry died this summer, and Governor Sarah Huckabee Sanders appointed Larry Walther to the position earlier this month. Thurston is serving his second term as Secretary of State and has served two terms as Arkansas Commissioner of State Lands. Tomorrow is August 11th, 811, and many utility companies in Arkansas use the day to remind people that it's the law to call 811 before digging on your property. Robin Mizell, the Arkansas Communities Affairs Manager at Black Hills Energy, says before digging, people should call 811 at least two business days before starting a project. No matter how large or small the project just to make sure you know what's below, to have those underground utility lines marked. Um, but really, any day, especially in northwest Arkansas, you don't have to look far to see a backhoe and, and large mounds of dirt moving. She says even jobs that don't require a backhoe could still put you in danger of hitting a gas, electric, or fiber optic line. Even installing a new mailbox, someone hits your mailbox and you need to move it or whatever, building a deck, a new garden bed, any digging, it is real important that we come out to locate those lines and other utilities as well. So just one simple call or an email ticket at Arkansas811.com. Mizell says calling 811 isn't just a good idea to prevent injury or interruption of utility service. It's also the law. Arkansas Act 309, and it's linked at Arkansas811.com, but also you can search for it in uh, our Arkansas legislature website. So there's reasons why there are fines, and actually the enforcement got stiffened this year um, for different levels of offenses and how many uh, offenses that's, you know, mandatory training and fines. So um, that also (laughs) saves you time and money just to follow the law and make that simple, uh, efficient call. People can also file a digital ticket to have utility crews mark lines at Arkansas811.com. A two-time winner of the Bentonville Film Festival's Jury Award is a finalist for the 2023 Gold Fellowship for Women. Erica Eng earned the BFF Prize for Best Short for her work Americanized in 2021 and the award for Best Episodic in 2023 for 
off Fairfax. The Gold Fellowship for Women is designed to empower emerging female filmmakers, providing financial support and personalized mentorship. Leaders in the financial technology or fintech industry are meeting in central Arkansas next week. The Little Rock-based Venture Center is hosting its second annual Vincent Fintech Summit beginning Monday. Venture Center Executive Director Arthur, mm, I should have reread this. Ordunia. Ordunia. Venture Center Executive De- mm. Venture Center Executive Director Arthur Ordunia. 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 Venture Center Executive Director Arthur Urdunia says the goal is to bring banks and startups together to accelerate new product development. It brings uh, together in Little Rock for two days um, national, regional, regional, state and local leaders in financial technology. Uh, so we're bringing in, um, you know, regulators. We're bringing in folks uh, uh, from from national and regional banks. We're bringing in leading uh, fintech uh, technology platform providers globally. Ordunia says the Venture Center offers unique support to startups seeking to connect with large financial institutions early on in their development. We actually begin with the potential enterprise scale customers of these fintech companies, work with them first, identify through them the challenges, opportunities, and problem sets they and their, and their ecosystem are looking for. And we use that as the requirements to go out and curate globally and locally these fintech companies. The Vincent Summit is set for Monday and Tuesday, August 14th and 15th at the Statehouse Convention Center in downtown Little Rock. Speakers will include Governor Sarah Huckabee Sanders and Republican U.S. Congressman French Hill, as well as several other officials from government, financial services, and technology sectors. The U.S. Department of Interior is marking Great American Outdoors Day tomorrow to commemorate the three-year anniversary of the Great American Outdoors Act. The law is the single largest investment in public lands in U.S. history and provides $100 million in federal infrastructure funding annually to maintain national parks, public lands, and Bureau of Indian Education-funded schools. To celebrate, entrance fees will be waived all day tomorrow at fee-collecting public lands managed by the Interior Department. Camping, cabin rentals, group day use, and other such fees will remain in effect. An observation will be hosted at Dale Bumper's White River National Wildlife Refuge in St. Charles in southern Arkansas. $10 million in federal funding was spent to modernize campgrounds and improve roads for visitors there. A professor of geriatrics at the University of Arkansas for Medical Sciences will use a five-year grant to further study the progression of Alzheimer's disease. Stephen Barger will continue his work dedicated to the role of glucose transport in the progression of Alzheimer's disease. The project will receive close to $400,000 in funding for the current grant year and a projected total of more than $1.9 million during the five-year term. The grant was awarded by the National Institute on Aging, a division of the National Institutes of Health. And the Arkansas women's basketball team now 2-0 on a European exhibition tour. Yesterday, the Razorbacks defeated a Croatian all-star team in Dubrovnik 71-49. Up next, a flight to Athens, Greece, ahead of a contest against the, uh, the University of Regina on Sunday. Time for today's Northwest Arkansas Business Journal report. I'm Paul Gatling. The nonprofit organization Accelerate Foundation in Rogers has formed a subsidiary focused on offering more affordable housing to low-income families in Northwest Arkansas. Accelerate Housing will provide affordable housing in diverse and inclusive environments along with additional services to support families. 
The foundation's existing staff are involved in the subsidiary with plans to hire a dedicated person for Accelerate Housing. It will be similar to the foundation's other operating entities, Hark NWA and Upskill NWA, which are dedicated to the foundation's strategic pillars on social support and education. The Accelerate Foundation was established 25 years ago through the sale of Springdale Memorial Hospital and Bates Memorial Hospital in Bentonville. The foundation focuses its efforts on the service areas of the two hospitals, Benton, Madison, and Washington counties. We've got more details on this story online, and you can find that at nwabusinessjournal.com. Former Arkansas Governor Asa Hutchinson is campaigning for the Republican nomination for president. We will hear from him after the break on today's Northwest Arkansas Business Journal Report. Support for the Northwest Arkansas Business Journal Report is provided by the Arkansas State Chamber of Commerce and Associated Industries of Arkansas. The Chamber's mission is to promote a pro-business, free enterprise agenda and prevent legislation, regulation, and rules that hinder business. ArkansasStateChamber.com Arkansas Blue Cross and Blue Shield For more than 70 years, Arkansas Blue Cross and Blue Shield has used its knowledge and compassion to create health care solutions for individuals and businesses. More information at ArkansasBlueCross.com First Security is proud to be only in Arkansas. They offer smart solutions for personal and business banking, plus convenient services and community investment. First Security. Member FDIC. Equal housing lender. With a looming debate deadline later this month, former Arkansas Governor Asa Hutchinson has been hitting the campaign trail in his long-shot bid to become the Republican nominee for president in 2024. Hutchinson, who served as Arkansas governor from 2015 to 2023, announced in April he would seek the nomination during a campaign kickoff event on the square in downtown Bentonville. Hutchinson discussed a number of topics and gave a self-evaluation of his campaign during a recent interview with Roby Brock. Assess how you are doing on your campaign. You had some expectations coming into this race uh, we're several months into uh, you having launched your bid. Where do you think you, uh, how do you think you're doing in terms of where your expectations were? Well, it, it, the it's exceeded my expectations in terms of the impact that I've had. Uh, I think I've been very clear. I know I've been very clear in terms of my views, my vision for America, that we need to have new leadership in our party and our country. And so I've impacted the race. In fact, I was the third one in. And since then, uh, we've had, uh, you know, eight more jump in, uh, and I think they see the opportunity and the necessity of it. So the impact has been terrific. Uh, now, in terms of the polling, I don't know if I had a whole lot of expectation there, uh, but I was pleased with the last Rasmussen poll, nationwide poll, that helped get me on the debate in terms of polling numbers. And it had me at 4% nationally, which was tied with Nikki Haley and tied with Tim Scott. Uh, and ahead of Ramaswani. And so uh, that was encouraging to me. So we've qualified for the debate in those terms. Obviously, we have a long ways to go. You know, you recognize that even though you think you have a national uh, image of coming from Arkansas, you recognize that uh, states in Florida, California, New York, uh, they got a lot bigger media markets and 
you know, we have to do a lot to have them get to know my record uh, and myself. And that's what the campaign's about. All right. You've made the, met the polling threshold for this first uh, GOP debate. I believe it's August 23rd. You have not met the fundraising threshold yet. I want you to tell me where you are in that process and how do you plan on getting to the polling threshold that you need to be at? Well, to put it in perspective, uh, as when I last ran for governor of Arkansas, one was 65 percent of the vote. I had 4000 donors. And so now I have to have 40,000 donors. So you can see how it's a disadvantage to a small state. But last in the last 10 days, we've increased our donor uh, threshold by 10,000. So we've had a 10,000 new donor increase just in the last uh, you know, two weeks. And so we're going at a fast pace. And I want to say Arkansas has just been terrific. They've been very supportive. They know what's at stake. They want me on the debate stage and very, very grateful to them. So we're getting close to being halfway there. By the time this broadcast, I think we'll be halfway there. And then we have about a little bit less than three weeks left to close that gap. And we're investing in it. We're doing a lot to make sure we make that. I'm going to give you a chance to plug where people could go if they want to make a donation. This is my... That un, you can't put this down as a campaign contribution, but this is tell me where people can go if they want to make a fundraising contribution to your campaign. Well, thanks, Roby. And you can go to asa2024.com, asa2024.com. And what's nice is it only takes a dollar. Now we'll take more, but a dollar is enough of a contribution to qualify as an individual donor. And so it's, you know, if our, Arkansas stepped up to the plate, and everybody responded in that way would would be almost there. You just have to get 40,000 individual donors to give to the campaign. I'll make it that clear for people that might be watching or listening this. All right, let's talk about the indictments that came down this week for former President Donald Trump. You have not minced any words about your position on those indictments and, and his standing in the race. I believe by my count, it's up to 78 counts in these indictments of a multitude of different things. Some people believe this is political persecution, weaponization of the Department of Justice. Some people see this as uh, criminal prosecution and something that needs to be done. Where do you stand on that? And uh, why do you, I guess, why do you hold that belief, persecution versus prosecution? Well, I've been a former United States attorney. I know how the Department of Justice works. I know uh, what a case that has a significant merit is and not. And if you look at the uh, indictment, the case that came out of New York under Alvin Bragg, uh, I disagreed with that. I think it was a stretch legally. And uh, I think you can make a good argument that was politically motivated. Uh, but whenever you look at the last two indictments, one dealing with our national security documents, our nation's secrets, uh, then that is serious. It has merit. Uh, there's a lot of accountability that is required. We have our soldiers that go to the brig for uh, mishandling our classified information. So uh, I see that as not being weaponized. I see it as a serious error, if not criminal conduct, on the part of the past president. Whenever you look at the January 6th, I think that's a more difficult case in terms of free speech arguments. But uh, as uh, Jack Smith laid it out, uh, that is holding him responsible for what happened on the attack on the Capitol. And when you look at 300 people nationwide 
being prosecuted, most of those being sent to prison because of the attack on the Capitol. Uh, there obviously is somebody that's higher up that's responsible, and that was Donald Trump that brought people there. Hutchinson also discussed where he has clear policy differences with former President Trump, who remains the Republican frontrunner in most polls, mainly his fiscal policies and his isolationist foreign policy. And you can watch that entire interview over on our sister website at talkbusiness.net. In other news this week, Tyson Foods announced earnings and also a cost-cutting measure. The company says it will close four poultry plants. They are in North Little Rock, Corydon, Indiana, Dexter, Missouri, and Knoll, Missouri. Those closings will come later this year or early 2024 and affect about 3,000 jobs. About half of them are at the Knoll facility just across the Missouri border in McDonald County. And about those third quarter earnings, Tyson Foods reported a quarterly net income loss of $417 million. That is a wide swing from net income of $720 million in the third quarter last year. And we are just about set for our annual 40 Under 40 luncheon next week at the Embassy Suites in Rogers. Olivia Walton, the chairperson of the Crystal Bridges Museum of American Art and co-founder of the Heartland Summit, will be our special guest. This year's 40 Under 40 class will be featured in the next issue of the magazine, and that'll be out on Monday next week. And the luncheon to recognize this year's class is on Tuesday. Today is the final day to get your tickets. So for ticket information, give Rob Gutteridge a call at 725-0394. I'm Paul Gatling, and that's the Northwest Arkansas Business Journal Report. Until next time, thanks for listening. This is Ozarks at Large. All right, Timothy Dennis, let's talk about some live music coming up. Let's do it. There's a lot coming up in the next week. Let's start with tomorrow night. George's Majestic Lounge in Fayetteville for their happy hour is welcoming back Earl and them. Yep. Cover is $8. That starts at 6 o'clock tomorrow night again. That's at George's in Fayetteville. Also in downtown Fayetteville tomorrow night, Kingfish is going to welcome back Chucky Wags and his company of rags. Chucky, who is kind of based in Eureka. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Plays folksy ish yeah. music. Push on my shoulder, whispering in my ear. When I look over, it seems like they disappear. That starts at 9 o'clock tomorrow night again. That's at Kingfish in Fayetteville. Happening up in Bentonville tomorrow night, Bike Rack Brewing Company for their patio concert of the week is going to feature Ashton Barbary and Jacob Campbell. Should I've taken the stairs? I got you staring, you said you just liked her hair. I could do better. Never. That show starts at 7 o'clock tomorrow night again. That's at Bike Rack Brewing Company in Bentonville. Happening tomorrow night at Butterfield Stage in Rogers, they're going to have the Oklahoma-based soul R&B band Charlie Red and the Full Flava Kings. I love that band name. They are joined on that set with Brand J. Oh, okay. Something you wishing you all the best. If you think I'm too much, you can go find Wishing you all success. Either way. 
being at Butterfield Stage, it is free admission unless you want a table or something like that. Yeah, or something like that. <laughs> something like that. It starts at 7.30 tomorrow night. Again, that's at Butterfield Stage in downtown Rogers. Over in Eureka Springs tomorrow night, they're having some Oklahoma folks in town as well. Chelsea's is going to have the rock grass band Bottom of the Barrel. Rock grass. So I'm taking a bluegrass influence and... Uh rock and roll. Okay. I would imagine. Okay. That's their self-applying thing. I can't so. help it if I'm head over heels. For you, you got me in a noose. I'll be hung over by the morning. You must have been imported. Now, darling, you keep me so confused. That shows at Chelsea's tomorrow night, and it gets underway at 9 o'clock again. That's Chelsea's in Eureka Springs. The Gravel Bar in Eureka Springs tomorrow night is going to have Brian Copeland in the house. He's a Springfield-based songwriter. That show starts at 7 o'clock tomorrow night. Again, that's at the Gravel Bar in Eureka Springs. Okay, jumping ahead to Saturday, Kingfish in Fayetteville. They're going to have the band Corey Phillips and the Band of Light on stage. They are a Kansas City, Lawrence area-based band merging soul, funk, R&B. I'm a That show starts at 9 o'clock Saturday night. Again, that's at Kingfish in Fayetteville. Smoke and Barrel Saturday night in Fayetteville is going to have an alt-rock show featuring the band's Stepmom and Audio Book Club in town from Oklahoma City. And they're joined on that bill by the Flims. $15 show scheduled to start at 9 o'clock. Again, that's Saturday night at Smoking Barrel in Fayetteville. Also happening in Fayetteville Saturday night, Nomad's Trailside is going to have a punk and alt-rock show featuring the Creepy Jingles from Kansas City, Fawn from Little Rock, Not the Sun, and then Coffee from Kansas from Fayetteville. from Kansas is from Fayette. Correct. I it gotcha. threw me for a loop okay. for a few seconds, okay. too. I like that. That show starts at 8 o'clock Saturday night. Again, that's at Nomad's Trailside in Fayetteville. Happening over in Eureka Springs Saturday night, the Gravel Bar is going to welcome back the duo March to August. Uh-huh. Uh, that show starts at 7 o'clock Saturday night, again at the Gravel Bar in Eureka Springs. Got a whole brewing in Eureka Springs Saturday night. Is going to have Carter Combs in the house. He's a Tulsa-based singer-songwriter. She's traveled a long way just to That show starts at 6 o'clock Saturday. Again, that's at Got a Whole Brewing in Eureka Springs. Last Oklahoma musician heading east this weekend to turn out the lights. <laughs> We've got a lot of Oklahomans. I like it. Moving on. Majestic in Fort Smith Saturday night is going to have Trey Taylor on stage. He's a Nashville-based recording artist. Mm -hmm. This event is actually a fundraiser for the Arkansas Single Parent Scholarship Fund. Very good. Uh, tickets are $10 in advance, go up to $15 at the door. That starts at 5.30 Saturday evening, again at Majestic in Fort Smith. 
Ozark Folkways and Winslow Saturday night is going to have one penny shy on their stage. Mm-hmm. You're a sunset on a southern bay. You and I could lay here in the grass all day. But I've never been the kind to get so stuck. Cover for that show is $10. Starts at 6 o'clock Saturday evening again at Ozark Folkways in Winslow. Then on Monday, George's Majestic Lounge in Fayetteville is going to have an emo and pop punk show featuring the bands Pomegranate Tea from Boston, Sunfo from Oklahoma City, and then Always Tired and Idle Valley from Fayetteville. Okay. That show is $8, starts at 8 o'clock Monday evening. Again, that's at George's Fayetteville. Majestic in Fort Smith on Monday evening is going to have Fort Smith-raised country artist Christian Parker in the house. show starts at 7 o'clock Monday. Again, that's at Majestic in Fort Smith. Tuesday, the Walmart Amp and Rogers is going to have a metal show featuring Pantera, <laughs> Lamb of God, yeah. and Flesh Hoarder. Tickets start at $39.50. That show starts at 7 o'clock next Tuesday at the Walmart Amp in Rogers. Walmart Amp on Wednesday is going to have Smashing Pumpkins on stage. Oh, wow. I'd yeah. forgotten that that was happening. I did too. Billy Corrigan. Uh, they are joined on that bill by Rival Sons and Interpol. Tickets are starting at $45. The show starts at 6.30 next Wednesday again at the Walmart Amp in Rogers. Interpol, wow. Yeah. I hadn't thought about them for a while. I hadn't either. Okay. Okay, finally, next Thursday, Kingfish in Fayetteville is going to have local songwriter Charlie Memphis on stage. He's a great singer. He's got a few songs he's been working on, looking to put out an album really soon. Really look forward to it. But it did not shake his heart. He was more excited to get than a boy. But they found dead end. A bridge out of men's they went in. That show at Kingfish next Thursday starts at 8 o'clock. And then next Thursday evening is time again for the monthly Songwriters in the Round at Meteor Guitar Gallery. Mm-hmm. This month they are featuring David Starr, Dominic B. Roy, Al Lopez, and Ashton Barbary. Oh! Yeah, it's a pretty good lineup. That sounds really interesting. Uh, and I went to the one last month, and it's it's managed really, really well. I mean, it's Songwriters in the Round, four people on stage, they swap songs. It's It's really fun. All Tickets right. are twelve fifteen advance. They go up to fifteen dollars at the door, and that starts next Thursday evening at six thirty at Meteor Guitar Gallery in Bentonville. Thanks for the update, Timothy. Thank you. Hi, I'm Matthew Moore, reporter and producer for Ozarks at Large. I love doing word games, especially the kind where you guess a five-letter word and you're given color-coded hints on how close you were to guessing that five-letter word. If you also love doing that kind of word game then you should play the daily KUAF word game. Just head over to KUAF.com and see how you fare. And if you're a listener of Ozarks at Large, you might notice a pattern in the word choices. But hey, I don't want to spoil it for you. Just head over to KUAF.com and play along. And thanks. 
tomorrow on a Friday edition of Ozarks at Large, we go from toys to college. We'll go inside an exhibit at the Rogers Historical Museum that's dedicated to toys, and we'll hear the sounds of new and returning college students moving into their residence halls. Plus, the week's news recapped by Michael Tilley from Talk Business and Politics. That and more on tomorrow's show at noon and 7 p.m. on KUAF 91.3 FM or listen at KUAF.com. Professor of Music and Associate Dean at the University of Arkansas, expanding our musical boundaries with Sound Perimeter. We open Sound Perimeter today with Prelude 16 in B-flat minor, Tempo di Valzer, from 24 Preludes for Cello and Piano, Opus 47, by Soviet-born Austrian-American classical composer, conductor, and concert pianist Lyra Auerbach in the hands of cellist Annie Asnaburian and the composer herself on the piano. Prelude 16 in B-flat minor, Tempo di Walzer, is a captivating musical work that transports listeners to a world of emotive depth, intricate artistry, and a hint of sarcasm. Our back's masterful command of composition is evident in this piece as she cleverly combines the graceful tempo of a waltz with the melancholic and deep undertones of the B-flat minor key. As the music evolves, we arrive at a pause in which the dialogue between the two instruments becomes scant, free, a question mark.
That was cellist Annie Asnavurian and pianist Lyra Auerbach, also the composer of this piece, performing Prelude 16 in B-flat minor tempo di valzer from 24 preludes for cello and piano, opus 47. Learn more about the multi-talented composer, pianist, conductor, and award-winning poet and exhibited visual artist Lina Auerbach in our show notes. Like in the ending of Auerbach's prelude, sometimes we are left wondering about the maybes in life. Perhaps, 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 quizás, 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 is the title of one of the most popular Latin American songs ever written. Quizás dates from 1947, when Cuban songwriter Osvaldo Farres wrote the music and lyrics for the legendary Puerto Rican singer Bobby Capó. The song became a hit almost immediately. This song, which has been covered too many times to count, is about a person platonically in love, asking their loved one to be together, and continuously getting avoided by the uncommitted answer, perhaps, 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 delaying their plans and leaving the lover in continuous uncertainty, desperation and frustration, but also with a hint of hope. Here it is a beautiful rendition of Quizás, Quizás, Quizás by L.A. bass vocalist, bassist, and songwriter from St. Louis, Missouri, Tonina Saputo, from a 2016 recording live at Berkeley.
That was Tonina Saputo from a 2016 recording live at Berkeley in a beautiful rendition of the famous Cuban song Quizás, Quizás, Quizás. Find more about vocalist, bassist and songwriter Tonina Saputo in our show notes. Today in Sound Perimeter we reflected on uncertainty and contemplation and extended a musical invitation to ponder on alternative perspectives and endings. This is Leo Uribe, professor of music and associate dean at the University of Arkansas Fulbright College of Arts and Sciences, expanding our musical boundaries with Sound Perimeter. Sound Perimeter is a show written and hosted by me and produced by Timothy Dennis, KUAF 91.3 in Fayetteville, Arkansas. This segment is dedicated to diverse voices in and around music. I hope it will expand your knowledge and connection to inclusive sounds and let music infiltrate your lives and transform your realities. I'll see you soon, perhaps. This is Ozarks at Large. Quick reminder that any story you hear on Ozarks at Large is shareable, either through social media or through email. Just go to ozarksatlarge.com, find the story you're looking for, and then use the link that's associated with that story or interview. Work is underway for a major expansion at the Bentonville Public Library in downtown Bentonville. Last week, I stopped into the library to have a brief conversation with the executive director, Hattie Dudley. She says the library is keeping up with the rapid growth of the city. And our community's grown so much um, over the past several years that um, we're going to play a little catch-up with our expansion. Um, it's a really exciting project. It's going to be a lovely addition for the community, um, something for everyone. And um, we'll also be renovating some of our existing spaces, so it'll just be uh, very special. When it's done, and I know... It's hard sometimes when you're in the middle of something to think about it being done. But when it's done, what will we see and experience? Oh, I think about when it's done all the time. <laughs> I can hardly wait. Um, what patrons will experience is a more spacious, welcoming, 
um, environment for the children and families and teenagers. That whole area is getting built with the addition. We're also building a larger community room um, and we're expanding the veranda out front as well as some nice little pocket areas outside that people can sit and enjoy as well. Um, the renovated areas inside the existing space will be uh, a nice little book club lounge, a business center and community hub where people can find out information about our community, as well as an expanded bookstore. So just some really nice um, amenities. People can come here. We'll expand, of course, uh, the collection, the stacks for books and things like that. But um, I think the casual collaboration, the seating, where people come to meet and gather will be a really uh, special, unique space for our patrons. How many years have you been director? I think I've been director about 17 years. Yeah. Okay. So you have seen, you've experienced this growth. Have you noticed that the traffic or the way the library is utilized has changed in those 17 years? Oh, I'd say we continue to get um, more users in the door. Um, people come in here and they sign up for a library card every day. It's just, it's fascinating to see people who are new to the community coming to the public library. It's one of the first things they do sometimes. Um, our children's department's very busy with all of the programs and special story times they offer the community. Our teen demographic is really uh, very, very cool because they come, the teenagers, and volunteer for us as well. Um, but they are working on things like math mentors, um, ACT prep. They're even learning how to drive cars from the police department. So it's just, it's neat to see the different interests. Our adults are very interested in our um, special offerings like book clubs and discussions, author visits, and of course the new seed library here at the Bentonville Library. So um, just a, a nice array of something for everyone. Where are you in the stage of the expansion? So right now we're doing earthwork. We're building up the foundation and getting ready to pour um, foundation for the expansion. It's been, we've made really good strides in recent weeks. Um, it's kind of neat to see the big machines out there working and the kids are excited. They'll stand and look out the windows in the children's department to see the progress. But um, we're, we're just really on that beginning foundation phase, um, but we expect to be open next summer. That's not that far away. I know. <laughs> I can hardly wait. Um, yeah, next summer we'll move into the addition, and then we'll come back and spend a few months renovating as well after that. So um, it's, it's not far away. What about Friends of the Bentonville Public Library? How can people join? What, what do the Friends do? So we've got two different support groups for our library. We actually have three. We have a library advisory board um, that really helps us with all of our uh, policies and procedures, but we also have two support groups that help us with funding. One is the Friends of the Library group, and they sell books. Um, they donate all the time for collections. They sponsor summer reading club. They do a lot of kind of that grassroots support for the library. And then we have the Bentonville Library Foundation. That is our 501c3 charitable organization that raises funds for the expansion. So they've raised several million. We have about a million dollar funding gap that we're still working to raise in order to finish the goal. Our project is $16.75 million. Um, so it's a nice public-private partnership. We've got city funds. We also have uh, private funding. So uh, still working on that, but I think the more that the space begins to take shape, it'll get people excited again. Where can people learn more about the library? 
and the expansion. Oh, our Bentonville Library website is bentonvillelibrary.org, and people can go there to learn about the library. Uh, bentonvillebond.com is our website about the expansion. And um, we're just excited and can't wait to, to open those doors and welcome everyone next summer. Hattie Dudley is the executive director of the Bentonville Public Library. We spoke inside the library last week. Last week on our program, we had a small story, an interview about the new seed library at the Bentonville Public mm -hmm. Library. You can find that at ozarksatlarge.com. This is 91.3 KUAF Fayetteville, Fort Smith, Alma, and Pettigrew. KUAF is a listener-supported service of the School of Journalism and Strategic Media at the University of Arkansas. Contributors to today's show included Anna Pope, Roby Brock, Paul Gatling, and Leah Uribe. Our theme is written and performed, as always, by Daryl Sean. And Timothy produced today's show and today's sound perimeter inside the Herald and Blanchcock News Studio. I'll be with you tomorrow at noon and 7 p.m. with a brand new edition of our show, Sunday morning. At 9 weekend, Ozarks at Large. I'm Kyle Kellams. I'm Timothy Dennis. What you got on plan this weekend? I know tomorrow's Friday, but right. I will uh, probably talk to you. Don't have anything planned this weekend. Maybe mow the yard. I mean, as much as this rain, I'll probably need to. Uh, other than that, just stuff around the house. Do you feel compelled to mow somebody else's yard? No. Okay. Especially just... not one on a hill like on Mount Sequoia. <laughs> I appreciate the thought, but no thank you. No, you shouldn't appreciate that thought. Uh, you have to dodge a lot of rocks, too. Um, yeah. So I'm actually Saturday I'm going to the Arkansas Drummers Hall of Fame thing at oh, George's. Fantastic. Steve Wilkes getting inducted among others. That's awesome. Watch the big league stars of tomorrow right here at home with Northwest Arkansas Naturals Baseball at Arvest Ballpark in Springdale. Ticket information and a full list of promotions are available at nwanaturals.com.